All right. Notice verse 23 of Mark chapter 2. It says, And it came to pass as he went through the cornfields on the Sabbath day, and his disciples began as they went to pluck the ears of corn. And the Pharisees said unto him, Behold, why do they on the Sabbath day that which is not lawful? And he said unto them, Have ye never read what David did when he had need and was not hungered? He and they that were with him, how he went into the house of God in the days of Abiathar the high priest, and did eat the showbread which is not lawful to eat, but for the priest, and gave also to them which were with him. And he said unto them, The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. Now I want you to notice in this story how what the disciples were doing was pretty reasonable. They're, they're walking through a field, and you know, and when you're out and you're journeying, you're traveling, you're walking, you're going to get hungry. And one thing that you were allowed to do in, in the Old Testament law, if you were traveling through somebody's field, you were allowed to you know, pick from their trees or pluck the corn and you were allowed to eat while you're on their way. That was completely legal. They were not stealing. I wish I'd have known this first when I was a kid and I did that eating from my neighbor's apple tree and I ended up getting in trouble for it and had to go tell the neighbor about it. And you know, I told my dad, well, you know, it says in the Bible, you know, you're allowed to pick from, you're not allowed to like gather up and store anything like that, but you know, you can take what you need, but, um, I, I probably still would have gotten in trouble. But anyway, he, then I got busted for trespassing. But anyway, uh, you were allowed to do that, but there, and so the, here they are doing this, you know, they're, it's, you know, relieving a burden. If you're traveling and you're hungry, you know, it's going to make things easier if you eat, Right. But then what do these Pharisees do? They come along and they're saying, hey, these guys are breaking the law of the Sabbath. You know, they're plucking ears of corn and they're eating them. And Jesus, he brings up the fact that the Sabbath was something that was made for man. This was something that God gave man to benefit them because we need a day. We need a day off. We need some time to relax every once in a while. And he said, he tells them very quickly or very clearly, you know, the Sabbath was not made for man or Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. But you know what these Pharisees had done? They had taken something, a law that God had given to benefit man. And you know what they did? They turned it into a burden. They made it a a bigger challenge and a difficulty. We see many stories like that in the Bible. For example, the one man who had been, you know, for 30 years, I think it was, he wasn't able to get up. He wasn't able to move. The Lord heals them. And then what do they do? They throw a big fit because he gathered up his bed and walked. Thinking he's working on the Sabbath day. That man's load had just been lifted. You know what a burden it would be to be lame and not be able to walk? And here Jesus gives this man the ability to walk. He relieves the burden from him. And they're throwing a fit because he's picking up his bed and stuff on the Sabbath day. These people had turned something good into a burden. And you know, and today we're no longer under the you know command to or the ceremonial observances of keeping the Sabbath. But I do believe it's very clear in the Bible that it's a good idea to take off at least one day a week. All right, and this isn't all just about taking days off. But here's the thing: we often, you know, as Americans, you know, we kind of we like to pride ourselves on how busy we are, don't we? We, you know, that's just kind of one of our, our status symbols. Yeah, I'm just busy, busy, busy. Always talking about how busy we are. You know, everybody's Christmas notes that they write every year. Y'all busy, busy, busy. We're just so busy. That's, it's like a new status thing. Every missionary letter that you ever get, busy, busy, busy. You know, it's like the first thing that they mention, just how busy they are. We always like to talk about how busy we are. 
And you know, and it's fine. We need to keep ourselves busy. But at the same time, you know, it's okay for you to enjoy some time off every now and then. God actually wants you to take a day every week and rest and enjoy yourself. Look what it says in Exodus chapter 23 and verse 12. Okay, there is a reason God gave the Sabbath day. This was not something that he put as a burden to make life difficult. This was something that was supposed to help them out. He says, six days shalt thou do thy work. And on the seventh day thou shalt rest, that thine ox and thine ass may rest, and the son of thy handmaid and the stranger may be refreshed. Sometimes we need that refreshing. Sometimes we need something to just kind of lift our spirits a little bit. Something to make us feel good because it's real easy to get worn out in this life. But you know what? I'm afraid many times as Christians, I think we are the worst at this is we often, because we see some of the just wickedness that's in this world, we see the lazy that are out there. We all know somebody who they take this, remember the Sabbath day and they practice it every day of the week. You know, they don't, every day is the Sabbath for them in the sense that these people never work. They're lazy, sitting around, watching TV, playing video games all day, never do anything for anybody. And we don't want to be like that person. We don't want to be like them. So it's like we've got to take an opposite position and we're just this crazy workaholic where we just, we work so hard. I mean, we're not allowed to have fun. We're not allowed to just go sit out on our, on our front porch and on the, you know, the porch swing and just, you know, enjoy the sunset. We can't do that stuff. We got too much to do. We're too busy. And, you know, and that's called being a reactionary. All right. Somebody who's a reactionary is somebody who they're just maybe they're repulsed by one side of something. So they go and they take it to the extreme, the other direction. And as Christians, if we're not careful, we can do that. And we do. And I, when it comes to work, we are. There's a lot of there's the welfare people. There's the lazy. They just don't do anything. And we want to be, you know, we're repulsed by that. So it's like we've got to be opposite. You know, and because we hate the lazy, you know, it's like we, we've got to be busy and we can get too busy. You know, a lot of times too, you know, we don't like the liberals. We don't want to be like the liberal church. So what do we do? If we're not careful, we can get overly strict. I mean, there's some people, they're more strict than God is. They've, I mean, they have created rules that, I mean, they do. They are more strict than God's rules. Right? And that's pretty hard to do, but there's people that have succeeded in doing it. And so some ways that we can do this, we're not careful of taking that reactionary position. And you know, that for, and the, the first one is just becoming too busy to actually enjoy our lives. Jesus or God said in Exodus 23, 12, he wanted them to have that Sabbath day. So them and even their animals could be refreshed. We need refreshing. We need to get our batteries recharged. And there is nothing wrong with enjoying a day off. Turn over to Psalms chapter 8. Psalms chapter 8 and verse 1. I like this passage of Scripture. It says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is Thy name in all the earth, who hath set Thy glory above the heavens, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast Thou ordained strength. Because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him or the son of man that thou visitest him? I want you to stop and think about this for a second. When was the last time you considered the work of his hands? When we just sang a song that talked about this very thing. When was the last time that you considered his heavens, the, the work of thy fingers, 
the moon and the stars. When was the last time you just went out and you looked at moon and stars? You know, whenever I go to work often, you know, I, I leave at 2.30 in the morning. And when I go out, man, you can really see the stars good out in the country where we live at that time of night. And every, and every once in a while, when I go walk out there, I'll just kind of look up and I'm like, wow, I should come out and, you know, actually pay attention to this sometime. Now, I haven't done that yet. You know, and at 3 in the morning, you know, 2.30 in the morning, you're not really thinking a whole lot about that. But we don't take the time to enjoy creation. You know, when was the last time you just went out in the woods and enjoyed nature? Watched the deer. Shot the deer. You know, I mean, you know, went hunting. You know, enjoyed those things. You know, went fishing. One of my favorite things to do, I like to go out on my kayak and just go floating down the river. And there's places like I go on my kayak, not far from where we're at, where people don't go. And I'll see the deer out there and, you know, different wildlife sometimes when I'm out there. And I often shoot things from my kayak. I mean, that's just, that's part of what we do as men, I guess. But I, I just it, enjoy the creation. It's been about a month since I've been out of my kayak. I need to get back out there. I'm getting the jitters again. You know, I, I need to get refreshed. We, it is okay for you to do that. But you know, one of the things that happens with me sometimes when I start doing some of that stuff, I start feeling guilty. I'm like, man, you know, I, I just, it, it's part of our culture to just be so busy, we can't ever enjoy anything. But you know, it's okay to enjoy stuff. The week before last on Thursday, I mean, I literally took the entire day off. I did not come to the church one time. I didn't work out. I didn't do, I didn't do any work that day. Went with the family, went up to Wisconsin. We had some fun out there at Lake Michigan and it, it was great. And it was very refreshing. And I'm thinking, man, why not? Why don't I do this every week? You know, uh, you know, just, you just take an entire day off. It's really nice. But you know what? Even than that, you know, you do, you just kind of, you start feeling guilty. But the truth is, we don't need to feel guilty. God actually gave the Sabbath. He told everyone, take a day off because He knew we needed it. He wanted us to have it and He wants us to enjoy it. Did you know that God actually wants us to enjoy the creation that's out there? God wants you to go out there and actually smell the roses. He wants you to actually go out there and look at the moon and the stars and enjoy those things. Enjoy nature. Enjoy the water. Enjoy the fish. Enjoy the animal. However that is. For you, if it's shooting it, that's fine. For you, if it's taking care of it and feeding it, that's fine. Do it. Enjoy the creation that God put out there. God made it for our pleasure. He made these things for our pleasure. He made it to bring glory to Him. But we're not like David. We're not getting amazed by God. You know why? Because we never take the time to consider His creation. We never take the time to consider His heavens. We're too busy just with all our other stuff. And not in, you know, just being so busy, maybe working, or even just busy with just foolishness. Some of us are just so busy keeping up with all the soap operas that, you know, we can't keep up with, you know, we can't do anything else. That can take up a lot of your time. But it is okay for you to actually enjoy creation. God wants you to do it. And some people are there too busy, they can't enjoy their life. And you're going to end up being a miserable person if you do that. God wants you to enjoy your life. Look what it says in 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 3. Talking about a lot of these rules people make. Uh, we talked about this a couple weeks ago on Sunday night. But it says, Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. 
for it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. Now, there, there are, there's been people, there was people back then that were making it a spiritual thing to abstain from meat. But the Bible here is saying, hey, God made these things for people to enjoy. God wants... You know, there's a reason that cows taste so good. There's a reason you know, that pigs taste so good and that deer taste so good and all these things. God wanted us to enjoy these things. And let me tell you something. As I was preparing this message, I was thinking about some people I knew. I won't name them. They never went to this church from years ago. They were some of the most miserable people that you ever met in your life. They had this great big family. I remember they'd come to church. They all dressed like they were from back in the olden days. Just miserable people. And I remember it wasn't uncommon. After church, Dad would get done preaching a very uplifting message. Everybody's done. Everybody's smiling. Everybody's shaking hands. And I always would sit several rows in front of them. And it wasn't uncommon after the service, I would go walking but to the back and I would walk by them and the husband and wife, they would be sitting there in their pews praying and crying. And, you know, as a kid, I never really knew what was going on. I'm thinking, what, you know, what are these people's problems, you know? And I remember my dad, you know, he was dealing with these people, trying to help them out and stuff. And what turned out, this, the lady, the mom, she had been married and divorced before. Their, their two oldest kids were her kids from a previous marriage. And she decided that because she had been divorced in the past, that she was cursed. And she was miserable. And my dad told her, he said, why do you think you're cursed? They had like seven kids, I think. He's like, you have seven wonderful children. They're healthy. And you know, you know, God's been good to you. You have a good husband that loves you. You know, Why are you so miserable? And she just wanted to beat herself up over this. And I remember they did. They always, you know, and, and I remember my dad told her husband, you know, usually pastors are always telling, you know, people you need to be more strict in how you dress especially the women. But my dad told this guy, he was like, you know, go buy your wife a new dress. You know, it's okay to let her paint the barn. You know, use a little bit of makeup, stuff like that. You know, just, you need to lighten up a little bit. And these people are miserable. And I remember we went over to their house to eat one time and it was the most disgusting meal I ever made. Everything they made, you know, it was like, it was like homemade stuff made from scratch, but it was like they didn't use any sugar. They didn't use any salt. They didn't use any butter. They like took out everything that was good. And it was the most bland food that you ever ate. Their food that they ate was exactly like the clothes that they wear, just bland, plain, blah, you know, just nothing. It was, it was disgusting. And we all got to drink warm water for the meal. You know, they couldn't have the luxuries of ice and things like that. It was like these people had to make themselves miserable and the way they would punish their kids and stuff, they'd make them read the Bible for hours and stuff like that. It was just, it, it was terrible. They took all these things that God brought in life, the things of, you know, that in life that are beautiful. It's like they wanted to keep those away. Just everything's got to be plain. You know, you can't have color to anything. You can't enjoy anything. Even when it comes to food, you can't have a little bit of salt. You can't use some pepper. You know, you can't use a little bit of sugar. These are things that God made for us to enjoy. But it's like this lady felt like I've got to deny myself all these things as penance for my past sin. Well, I don't want to get ahead of myself in this message, but you know what? There's nothing wrong with enjoying the fact that God forgives your sins and He forgets about those sins. And if God can forget about your sins, you know what? I'm going to enjoy the fact that God forgot about them. You know, I'm going to forget about them too. And I don't think that's wrong to do that. And they were, they were miserable. And you know what? Those kids, as they started getting older, you know what they did as soon as they were old enough? They got out of that house. They moved on and they went to do something else. Who wants to live a miserable existence like that? The parents, they took away everything. All these things that God made for them to be enjoyed, that were good, and they just 
they wanted to beat themselves up. And then, and what did they do? They act like they did. They thought they were more spiritual than everybody else. But you know what? They weren't. And truth is, they were more, they were more miserable than everybody else. They denied themselves things that God made for them to be enjoyed. And the Bible talks about that. People who do that even with meat. There is nothing wrong with you enjoying good tasting food. But you know, we're made to feel guilty about it. You know, something tastes good. Hey, we went to Cheesecake Factory the other day and I ate a massive piece of cheesecake that I, I don't even want to know how many calories that thing had. And you say, oh man, you know, you shouldn't eat junk like that. You know, if I had something, you shouldn't drink Dr. Pepper and, you know, Mountain Dew and for breakfast like I did this morning and the donuts. And, and, and now, and why do we get that attitude? All right. Now, listen, I do. I believe we ought to be healthy, but here's here's what's happening. We live in a country where a lot of people, they eat nothing but junk, don't they? Where they go and they take some of these good things and they abuse it. That's all they eat. I mean, you know, you shouldn't eat donuts and Mountain Dew three meals a day. Alright, that's just, that's not good. That's not healthy. But let me tell you something. God made sugar for a reason. God made high fructose corn syrup for a reason. You know, God, I, I, I'm just kidding there. You know, God made, but God made these things. And it's okay for you every once in a while to enjoy the things in life that taste good and to ha- take pleasure in those things. But because there's people out there that that's all they do is just indulge in these things to the point that it's just destroying their bodies, all of a sudden we want to get all spiritual and say those things are all evil. No, not necessarily. It's okay to enjoy some of those things. You know, It's okay to... Take pleasure in those things, but once again, we got to have balance. But we got these people that are reactionary. So you know what? You can't have any sugar. You can't have any salt. You, know, you can't have any of these things that God actually made to be enjoyed. And I, and I, I and many people too, they want to make it a religious thing. And I think that's, I think that's wrong. And I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on the eating, but uh, let's go ahead and go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I want to show you a couple things here preach on this a little bit because, you know, I, um, I eat junk food for lunch. What are we eating for lunch? <laughs> but anyway, uh, probably going fast food. I don't know. First, verse 20, uh, First Corinthians 10.27 says, If any of them that believe not bid you to a feast and ye be disposed to go, whatsoever is set before you eat, asking no question for conscience sake. But if any man say unto you, this is offered in sacrifice unto idols, eat not for his sake that showed it, and for conscience' sake, for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Conscience, I say, not thine own, but of the other, for why is thy liberty judge of another man's conscience? What it's talking about here, I'm not going to read this whole passage, is you know, eating meat sacrificed to idols. Okay, Meat that's sacrificed to idols tastes just as good as meat that's not sacrificed to idols. But if we're eating meat that's sacrificed to an idol, those of us, we know that an idol is nothing. But there's some people out there that don't know that. They don't have that knowledge. They do think that idol is something. That person, if they see us eating that meat, we might offend them because they think that we are participating in idolatrous practices. And so the Bible here is saying, if you have a situation like that, you know what? Refuse the meat. Not because the meat's bad, but because you don't want to offend the weaker brother. Alright, y'all hear that? Those who get offended by all these things, they are the weaker ones. 
There are some of us, we figured out from the Scriptures that we are at liberty to eat what we have. That all these things are good. They're sanctified by prayer. And we're going to eat these things. And they're made to be enjoyed. Some of us have that, but there's others that they have not learned that yet. And you know what? We don't want to, we don't want to offend them. Alright? We don't want to offend somebody for meat. Alright? That's not something that, uh, it's not worth doing. But that person that cannot enjoy those things, they are the weaker brother. Look what it says in chapter 8 and verse 10. It says, But meat commendeth us not to God, for neither if we eat are we the better, neither if we eat not are we the worse. But take heed lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. So right there we see again, hey, we've got liberty, but let's not let it be a stumbling block to other people. And so, you know, if we have somebody that, if we have a family that gets saved out of Islam, you know, that's not the time for us to have bacon Sunday the next week. You know, let's, let's give these people time to figure out that they're not defiling themselves by eating a pig. Alright? It's gonna, it's gonna take some time. But, the, but there's some of us here. There's some of us. We have full assurance and it does not defile our conscience at all to eat bacon. And we enjoy that, and that's okay. I don't feel guilty about that one bit. And so many suppose, you know, many supposed strong Christians, they're often the ones trying to keep people in bondage. Look at what it says in Romans chapter 14 and verse 21. It says, It is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth or is offended or is made weak. Hast thou faith, have it to thyself before God. So, okay, so if I, if we do, if, I, if we have a Muslim family that starts coming to our church, they get saved, it's going to take some time. If we invite them over for dinner, we're not going to make bacon. But when they leave, we're going to eat bacon. Alright, we're going to, I have faith that it's okay, but I can have that to myself. That's what he's saying right here. Have it to thyself. You know, happy is he that condemneth not himself, and that thing with he allowed. But listen to this. And he that doubteth is damned if he eat. Because he eateth not of faith, for whatsoever is not of faith is sin. It could be a sin for that new convert to eat it because they're not convinced. They don't have the full assurance yet. They don't have the liberty that some of us do yet. And it would be a sin for them to eat it. It would be a sin. We could cause somebody to sin by trying to shove these things down their throats if they're not ready yet. If they've not learned enough yet. If they don't have that full assurance. But in the meantime, if I privately want to enjoy these things, I can enjoy these things. And I will enjoy these things. But I'm not going to try to rub it in people's face and cause somebody to offend. But God made this, God made these things for us to enjoy. And many of the people who get caught up, who struggle with these things, are people who come from religions that keep their people in bondage. That come from religions that teach some form of works-based salvation. Teach that you have to keep some kind of dietary law. That basically suck a lot of the joy out of life. They take things that God has made for us to enjoy and they withhold them from people. And there are many people who are supposed strong Christians. They're the ones that come along and often, you know, because they just look so spiritual. I mean, man, look how they dress. They look like they're from the 1800s. I mean, you know, look, look at, you know, Look how homely his wife is. She doesn't wear any, you know, she doesn't wear any makeup. She doesn't do anything to her hair. You know, she made her dress out of a flower sack. 
I mean, yes, these people are obviously more spiritual than we are. I would never do something like that. And then what do these people do? They want to come into church and they want to make everybody else feel guilty for everything they do. I knew another family that was like this. Was this dad in the church. He never could figure out if he was saved or not. He was always having trouble figuring out if he was saved. And then finally he figured out he wasn't saved and he supposedly got saved. And then he started trying to convince everybody else in the church they weren't saved either. This same guy who a lot of people looked at as a spiritual person, you know, he was one of the most miserable guys you ever met. One night, you know, we had service three times a week there. You know, we had Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. This man, I'm losing all the paper out. He like, we had a uh, gym night one night. We rented a gym. We're going to play basketball and volleyball. He comes walking in with his Bible under his arm. And he didn't, the whole time everybody's playing, he's sitting up in the bleachers reading his Bible. And then later, he starts to figure out, you know, we're not going to have a service, not going to have a preaching or anything. And he starts going around like, so, no preaching, you know, no devotional, just basketball and volleyball. And just killing everybody's fun. Just killing everybody's fun. It's like, hey, we have service all week. It's okay if we as a church want to come and just play some basketball and volleyball and have some fun. It's okay to do that. This same killjoy, one day he showed up. We, was, uh, we went up to Genoa. They have a big paintball area there. We went to go paintballing. And we're out there getting ready to go paintball and everybody's all ready to go. Everybody's all camoed up. and We all got their guns. And man, we're just itching to start shooting somebody. I mean, we are ready to go. And he's just standing there and he's just walking around with his head down and he's kind of got the gun. And he's like, it just it doesn't seem right that we're going out there and pretending to be killing people. And I saw him and said, Nobody thinks we're going to actually kill anybody. We're just going to shoot them with paintballs. <laughs> and finally, everybody started telling him, man, lighten up. Go out there and enjoy it. And he was miserable the whole time. I mean, just couldn't have any fun. And he thought he was spiritual because of it. But this same guy, his son, as soon as he was old enough, you know what he did? He went someplace where he had some liberty. He went someplace where he had some freedom. He joined the army. That was the way he did, because that was better than that miserable prison that he was growing up in. He went where there was freedom in the army. And y'all are laughing at that, but that was freedom compared to what he had in that miserable home that he lived in. Because the man just couldn't, he couldn't even enjoy some fellowship with his brothers in Christ. He couldn't enjoy, you know, leaving whelps on other people from hitting them with paintball. That's fun, folks. It's fun shooting people with paintballs. First time I bought a paintball gun, first thing I did, I told the boys, we went outside, I was like, run. And I started shooting at them. And I got them. And it was, it was a lot of fun. I let them try it at me. Fortunately, they missed. But it's okay to do that stuff. And people who, people who live their lives just miserable, they never do anything, never have any fun, these are not spiritual people. That, that's not spiritual. These are weak brothers. This man could never figure out if he was saved or not. And I'm telling you right now, and I said this back when it happened, after he got saved, I was like, you know, if he wasn't saved before, he's still not saved yet. Because you don't get saved by, you know, it's like he just, he had to have this experience, he had to feel saved, and, you know, he couldn't figure out, it's like he couldn't figure out why he still desired to sin sometimes. And not understanding, guess what? We still have the flesh. And you gotta overcome these things. And you know what? Not everything that brings pleasure is a sin. God made some things for us to enjoy. And we see God made this creation for us to enjoy. There's things that we eat that we are supposed to enjoy. God wants that from us. Look at what it says in Mark chapter 14 and verse 3. 
Oh, man, these pe- I tell you, churches are crawling with these people. I think we just need to run all these people. If we got any of this in our church, we want to, let's get rid of them, man. I don't, I don't want this kind of church. Mark chapter 14 and verse 3, well-known story. And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious, and she broke the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor. Boy, aren't these people spiritual? How dare she take this you know, ointment? How dare she take this item of luxury and just pour it all over the Savior? What a waste. You know how many poor people could have been helped by what she did? And Jesus said, Let her alone. Why trouble ye her? For she hath wrought a good work on me. For ye have the poor always, and whensoever ye will, you may do them good. But me have not always. You know what? It's okay for us to do some things when we want to do some things. He said, hey, you can help the poor whenever you want. You don't always have me with you. She took something. She took a luxury and she decided to give it to me. You know what? It was hers to do what she wanted. But here you have these guys come along. See, that could have been given to the poor. You know what? The way we say this in Baptist churches today, whenever anybody does anything that anyone would enjoy with their money, you know how many missionaries you could have helped with that? It's always missionaries. All right, and, it's not, and let me tell you something about missionaries. They're living pretty good, the ones that I know. I see their prayer letters. I see their social media. Some of these missionaries are living better than I live. And, then I, have, and I listen to these pastors. They get all mad. They get all bent out of shape because you spend money on something. You know how many missionaries you could have helped. So we can't ever enjoy anything. We can't ever just spend our money... On some luxury. I can't take my kids to Six Flags. You know how many starving Africans you could feed with that? You know, hey, I'm not responsible to feed the whole world. But if I want to enjoy some things with my family, that's okay to do that. You all don't have to go out and find a place in the woods and build a little log cabin with no air conditioning, with no heat, and just live a miserable existence, you know, eating grub worms and, you know, and, you know, bugs and things like that, you know, eating locusts and wild honey like John the Baptist. You don't have to do that. You can actually enjoy some things. And some people, now, now some people, that's all they do. Yes, some people waste their money on nothing but luxuries, on nothing but frivolous things. But does that mean that we never can? Does that mean that we're never allowed to just go out and splurge a little bit? There is, and there, there's nothing wrong with being liberal in our generosity. This woman, oh, she didn't take it and use it for herself. She gave it to Jesus. That was a huge thing right there. She was allowed to do that. It was hers to do it with. And it is. It's always the Pharisees that bring up how many missionaries you could support. You know, how many starving kids you could help if you did that. How many Bibles you could have bought you know, for this person, you know, they always bring up all these things like it's a sin for us to enjoy some things, but it's not a sin. We see many great men in the Bible that were very rich. We see people who enjoyed luxuries and things, and it wasn't a sin. We see that Jesus gladly accepted this great gift that this woman gave, this extravagant gift. That this woman gave, Jesus accepted it. You know why? Because it was not a sin. It was hers to do with as she saw fit and she wanted to give it to Jesus. 
And there was not a thing wrong with that. Jesus commended her for it. And we remember her today for that. And that famous statement, she had done what she could. It was about, it was about this woman and what she did. So turn over to John chapter 10. So you're, you're allowed to, you're allowed to enjoy some things, alright? You know, husbands, if you want to go out and, you know, take your wife in a nice dinner somewhere, I'm not going to get up and be like, man, you know how much, many Bibles we could have bought for the foreign missionaries if you'd have just taken your wife to McDonald's instead? You know, we all, we all like to do the, we, we all like to do that stuff. I had somebody one time, a pastor bring up, you know, Pastor Anderson, he sends, you know, DVDs to churches all the time. And that was one of the things he said. You know, I can't, you know, I don't know why he sends these DVDs to everybody. You know how many missionaries he could support with that? And I'm thinking, it's his money to do with what he wants to. And nobody, and it's funny too, everybody likes to bring that up, but nobody has a problem with, I get revival fires and sword of the Lord. I've been getting it every month since we've started this church and haven't paid for one issue. You know how many missionaries they could have supported? You know, that's just, that, that kind of stuff is foolish. That is Pharisee talk. And you know what? If you want to go out and enjoy something, now, hey, don't be robbing people. Make sure you're paying your bills. You know, don't go take that vacation when you haven't paid your plumber. You know, don't go on vacation when there's a mechanic that you owe money to. You make sure you get those things taken care of first. And then, and then if you want to go and enjoy those things, go for it and enjoy it. So look what it says in John chapter 10 and verse 9. It says, I am the door. If by me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Now, this, this is so important right here. Alright, this makes me want to go all camp meeting right here when it comes to the preaching. Right here, Jesus said, He said, I am the door. He says, if we go in, this is talking about salvation. Alright? You know what this means? It means we go through Jesus Christ to get our sin debt erased and to receive the gift of eternal life. Is that not what we believe? We trust in His work to get us to heaven, not our own works. That's what we believe. And it says, when we do, when we go through Him, it says that we can go in and out and find pasture. You know what that means? A shepherd, he leads his sheep to where they have something to eat. Where they can be taken care of. Where they can have those things that they need. And he did it, Jesus, when he came. He didn't just come that we might have life, but that we might have it more abundantly. Jesus didn't come just so we could get saved and then live a miserable life. He actually wants us to live an abundant life. He wants us to enjoy our life. He wants to take care of us. He wants us to have pasture. He wants us, our daily needs to be taken care of. He wants to be there with us. He wants to comfort us. He wants us to know that we are, that He wants us to know that we have eternal life. He wants us to know that we don't ever have to worry about spending one second in a place called hell. He wants that for us and He came as the Good Shepherd and He gave His life for the sheep. That's us. And you know what? There's people out there, there are people out there, they figured out that their sin debt's been paid in full. They figured out that it's once saved, always saved. They figured out that you cannot lose your salvation. And there are people out there 
who take advantage of that. There are people out there that have this attitude that because I'm saved, I can just go do whatever I want and you know what? I'm still going to heaven. And you know what? That's true. But is is that a good attitude to have? Absolutely not. That's terrible. You know, we're repulsed by that. We've got a problem with that. But you know what? That doesn't mean that I am not allowed to enjoy the fact that once saved, always saved. That, you know what, even if I do sin, I've got an advocate with the Father. Even if I do mess up, I'm still going, I'm still going to heaven when I die, and nothing can change that. There is nothing wrong with me whenever I do, whenever I go out there and I mess up, and I do something wrong, I don't have to beat myself up. I can enjoy the fact that, you know what, God will forgive me of that. That if I will confess my sins, He's faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. But you have people like that lady I mentioned before, she can't forgive, you know, forget about the sin that she did in the past. She feels like she's not allowed to enjoy her life even though God has blessed her in the future. She's got to keep beating herself up over that and making herself feel miserable. You know what? We don't have to do that. If you have messed up in the past, if you've done some things that are really bad, if you want to go ahead and enjoy the fact that those sins are under the blood and just be happy anyway, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with you just going on and just enjoying the fact that my sin debt has been paid in full. And there is nothing even wrong if you're out there. We have these moments, you know, especially when you're on the road and you have that person that cuts you off and you lay on their horn and you think bad thoughts and you get angry when you're not supposed to do that. After you calm down, if you realize that, you know what, even though I just sinned, I'm not going to hell. That sin is under the blood. And it's like we feel like if we enjoy the fact that our sins are all taken care of, that we're somehow a bad person and we need to beat ourselves up. Jesus died and He paid for our sins because He knew we couldn't do it. God sent His Son into the world to pay our sin debt in full. And you know one thing that we see throughout the Bible that we are commanded to do? Is praise Him. And it's like we think we're just supposed to praise God even when things are bad and we're miserable. No! One of the main reasons we see to praise God throughout the Bible is because He's good. He's good. For His mercy endureth forever. Because He's been gracious to us. He has not rewarded us according to our iniquities. We are allowed to praise Him for that. And whenever we mess up, whenever we sin, if you just want to go ahead and just start praising the Lord that... I don't have to be punished for this. I'm not going to go to hell. That's okay. And just get excited and just thank God for it and just enjoy the fact that you're safe. Not enjoying it in the sense that I'm just going to go do whatever sin I want because I'm all covered. But you know what I think it is okay to do? is for me to just go on and not be obsessed about every little thing and just worry so much. Oh man, what if I sin? Hey, if I sin, I'm taken care of. If I, if I sin, Jesus Christ's blood cleanses me from that sin. Jesus Christ is my advocate with the Father. I am allowed to enjoy that. I'm allowed to take pleasure in that. I can sing songs about it. I should sing songs about it. I can sing about how those things are under the blood. And many people today, they feel like, nope, i got to beat myself up. Why? Where do we see that in the Bible? I see in the Bible where Jesus got beat up for my sins. He got beat up, so I wouldn't have to. And if I enjoy that, if I take comfort in that, if I take pleasure in that, that's not a sin. That's exactly what God wants me to do. 
And actually, when we have the right attitude, that's, what, that's when we actually will be praising God and it will be sincere. It's not going to be this forced, you know, praising God, you know. Naked came I out of my mother's womb. Naked shall I return. Hither the Lord gave the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We're like Job because we got an extra, you know, $100 on our electric bill or something. And, you know, when we got to force ourselves to praise God, you know, that, that's not how this should be. Folks, every day we ought to be praising God because I don't know about you, I sin every day. And yet, I still have my salvation every day. And if I want to praise God for that, if I want to just think about that sometimes and enjoy it and just have, have a good time and praise the Lord, I believe that's exactly what God wants us to do. God wants us to enjoy the things He has provided for us. God wants us to enjoy this creation, this world that He's made. God wants us to enjoy all them good animals that we can eat. God wants us to enjoy the families that He's given us. And you know what? God wants us to enjoy the forgiveness that He's given us. God wants us to enjoy the fact that our sins have been paid for. And God wants us to take pleasure in that and be a joyful people. And yet, many people today... Many Christians are some of the most miserable people. They've taken a reactionary position. I don't want to be, and I don't want to be that person taking advantage of the grace of God. I, I do not want to take advantage of the grace of God. God forbid that I would take advantage of His grace and that I would walk out of here and go commit some terrible sin just because it's under the blood. God forbid that I would do that. But you know what? It's okay if I praise the Lord. And I enjoy the fact that if I do sin, it's under the blood. It's okay if I enjoy that. And, t- and, and, I, and I take pleasure in that. That's fine. The problem with living a life that's just trying not to be like everyone else is we end up being the miserable ones. We end up raising up children you know, in a, a miserable existence that's just going to cause them to throw away everything they have. Because see, if we're, if we're a reactionary person, if we just hate... You know, we hate the lazy people. You know, we hate the obese people or we hate whatever. So we take these reactionary positions and everything and we do. We become these miserable people like I was talking about. You know what's going to happen? Our kids, when they get older, they're going to take a reactionary position to what we do. And the thing is, if our life was all about just being better than everybody else, being more spiritual than everybody else, taking strictness to an extreme, you know what our kids are going to do? They're going to go the complete opposite of that. And when here's the thing. These people who are miserable, they weren't miserable because they didn't eat sugar or salt or drink, you know, put ice in their water. You know, that's not why they were miserable people. You know, they, they had a spiritual problem. You know, those weren't the things that, that destroyed them. All right. It wasn't the it wasn't the clothes that they wore, you know. Those aren't those aren't the things. But that spiritual problem they had, that imbalance they had, it's what caused them to do all those things, and it's what makes kids hate the things of God and the things of the Bible. And they need these things. We they need the scriptures. They need God. But if we're if we're being unbalanced people. And going to the extreme one way, they're just going to go the opposite way. We're going to lose that next generation. And all people I've ever known like that, they never, they're, they're the next generation never stays in church, 
they are hostile to the things of God. And we don't want that. And if, you, if, you are, you, if you're a reactionary person, that's going to happen. We need to be balanced individuals. We don't want to be lazy. We don't want to be gluttons. We don't want to be, you know, we don't want to be taking advantage of the grace of God. We don't want to do all these, all those things. But you know what? We do. It is okay if we enjoy ourselves every once in a while. You know, if every once in a while some of you crack a smile or something like that, you're not sinning when you do that. If you if you laugh at something, that's okay. That you thought something was funny and you had this moment of pleasure, that's okay. God put these things on earth for a reason. God wants us to be refreshed. He wants us to be happy. He wants us to enjoy the things that He made. And think about this. In six days, God made all this creation, right? He wants us to enjoy it. Now, what do you think was a greater work? The work that He did in creation where He just spoke everything to existence? Or the work that Jesus did on the cross? That 33 years He lived in this earth, a perfect life, that 40 days of temptation in the wilderness, that brutal beating He took, one challenge after another He took on this earth, He did all that work so we could have salvation and we could know that we're going to heaven. And if God wanted us to enjoy that work, if He wants us to enjoy that work He did in those six days, you think He doesn't want us to enjoy the work He did for 33 years? Especially what He did in the cross? Especially what He did for the three days and three nights after He died? He did all that for us. You think He doesn't want us to enjoy that? You better believe He wants us to enjoy that. He wants us to sing about it. He wants us to praise Him for it. He wants us to bring joy into our hearts. He wants us to give us a feeling of peace and, a, and, a, and just of confidence and love for Him. That's what God wants us to do. But many people, in response to other things, are going too far in the other direction and are missing out on many of the pleasures that God has given us. And I think, I think that's a big mistake. And I don't, I don't want to do that. And so I hope this was a help to you and I hope that you will, that you'll be a happy person, that you will enjoy the things that God has given you to enjoy. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank You so much for Your goodness to us. We thank You for Your mercy. We thank You for all that You've done for us. We thank You for the creation You've given us. We thank You for just the good things that are on this earth that we can enjoy. And Lord, we thank You especially for Your gift of salvation. Dear God, You you didn't give us this gift so we could just feel guilty about it. You gave us this gift to enjoy. And I pray You'll help us to do that. And I pray You'll help us to tell other people about this gift and we'll we'll be a balanced people, Lord. We're not going to be people that take advantage of Your grace or that just live for pleasures, but but we will enjoy these things, Lord, as, as You... Uh, instructed and as you see fit. And I pray you'll uh, bless each one for it. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's go.